This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party products, services, or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast. My guest on the show today is Francois Roberge, president and CEO of LSL Pharma Group. It's a publicly traded company. The symbol is LSL on the TSX Venture. LSL Pharma Group is a Canadian integrated pharmaceutical company specializing in the development, manufacturing, and distribution of high-quality natural health products and dietary supplements in solid dosage forms, as well as high-quality sterile ophthalmic pharmaceutical products, according to the company's website. I invited on Francois to discuss developing their own pharmaceutical products in-house versus partnering, why there is an opportunity to consolidate the fragmented CDMO, which stands for Contract Development and Manufacturing Organization Market, for niche products, LSLs, natural health, and ophthalmic products, and Francois' three to five year vision for the company. With that, please enjoy my conversation with Francois Roberge, President and CEO of LSL Pharma Group. Francois, thank you for joining me today. How are you doing? Fine, fine. Thank you, Robert. Absolutely. So, you know, the reason I wanted to have you on here today is one trend that we've seen in the last quarter or two is that, you know, look, healthcare biotech has just gotten absolutely demolished over the last couple couple years here. And, you know, in the last quarter or two, it's kind of starting to be interesting again and and investors are open to looking at various opportunities. So for my audience, I want to provide a wide swath of various uh, companies across the healthcare spectrum. So, you know, LSL was introduced to me uh, by a colleague and uh, and here we are. So, you know, I wanted to start us off here today, Francois, can you give us that one line that best describes LSL Pharma? Um. LSL Pharma is a fast-growing pharmaceutical contract development and manufacturing organization, what we call a CDMO. Uh, we're focusing on the natural product and ophthalmic product. Very good. So let's uh, let's look back at LSL Pharma history. When was the company originally founded and what was the thesis for its founding? Yeah, uh, just maybe my background, I'm a CPA. Um, I worked 15 years in a big accounting firm in Montreal. And uh, in uh, 2006, I joined a small company called Gem Pharma. Uh, When I joined the company, the business was at $2 million revenue. When I left in 2013, we uh, we grew the business up to $85 million revenue. In 2014, I bought one of our actual division, which is uh, LSL Laboratory, a uh, CDMO focused on a natural L product, solid dosage form, um, located in near Quebec City. Uh, so we are manufacturing solid dosage product, natural product, supplements such as tablet, capsule, and powder. In, let's say, 2020, we uh, acquired Sterimed Pharma. Sterimed Pharma uh, is a ophthalmic uh, sterile manufacturing plan. Right now, we are manufacturing uh, sterile ointment for the, uh, let's say, the Canadian market and some product also for the U.S. market. 
Very good. So, so what would you say makes your natural health products unique and different compared to some of your peers? I mean, it's a very competitive space, as you know, probably very well. So what makes yours unique and different? Yeah, um, we have very good cost of operation. Uh, we are located uh, one hour east of Quebec City. So our, uh, we have a good um, people working there. We have a good cost of good. And we are very, very experienced in, let's say, tableting uh, products. So uh, in the pharma industry, the uh, tableting process is the more complicated process. And also we have very good experience in uh, coating pro product. So we can code product for uh, delayed release or uh, long time release. So we have a good experience and very expertise in the, uh, let's say, coating, uh, tableting and capsule for the uh, natural product uh, industry. Right. And, and <clears throat> so according to your investor presentation, I mean, when you look at the, the revenue segmentation for LSL, it's 85% uh, CDMO, 15% on private, private label, you know, your own product that you develop for yourself and, 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 and then sell. So let's, let's exactly. dig in more into the CDMO side of the business, right? Because that's clearly yep. where the bulk of your revenues are coming from. So on that side, you know, you mentioned that your, your expertise on the coding and all that, you know, how do you, how do you compare then also like just looking at the competitive landscape, you know, how do you look at some of these other, some of your peers in the CDMO space and where you fit into that? Yeah. Right now, uh, because of our size, we are, let's say, we are still a small CDMO company. Um, there's not a lot of competition on the, our niche product that we're manufacturing from for some of, a, uh, let's say, a generic company in Canada. So uh, we are not manufacturing millions of tablets by for each product, but uh, uh, so we are more for uh, we are more focusing on niche product and very specialized product for the generic market of uh, our uh, client base, mainly in Montreal and Toronto. So that's that's why maybe we are we can and we can develop and also adjust the formulation of product based on what are the requirements of our clients. Absolutely. So, I mean, when some of these companies are going out there and they're looking at which CDMO they should use, you know, I mean, you're, you know, you're at the stage that you're at, you know, why would they choose you versus maybe some, one of your larger competitors that love, love to hear more there? Yeah. Uh, because we're still small and we're focusing on niche product, we are more flexible than compared to big pharma and big CDMO. So we can manufacture and adjust production based on the need of our clients or the emergency of our clients. So we can turn around production, uh, switch production from a client to another or a product to another. And we are, let's say, we can manufacture, let's say when we receive a, a PO from clients, we can deliver within four months usually and maybe faster than that if the client need the, the, the product very urgently. So flexibility is one of our good criteria. And also, as mentioned, our cost structure is very, very competitive uh, for those kind of product uh, across Canada. Very good. So let, let's also take a look at some of the products that you do produce. You know, can you tell us a little yep. bit about Steramed? Um, let's start there because I think let, let's start with Steramed. Okay, Sterimed, which is the ophthalmic side of the business, we are manufacturing right now ointment, ophthalmic ointment, prescription product, as well as OTC product. Uh, right now, we are manufacturing three, three different products, uh, but we have, let's say, four, uh, four six 
new product in development that will hit the market, let's say, 20, by the end of 2024, 2025, 2026. Um, especially in the ophthalmic manufacturing, there's not a lot of competition unless you're called Bosch or Allergan or big, big Novartis uh, company. So very uh, small niche manufacturer like us, there's not a lot in Canada and maybe in maybe one or two additional companies like us. So we have demand from Europe, Middle East, uh, United States. So we're not a big company, but because of that specialty and the complexity of manufacturing sterile ointment product, we have demand across the world for our uh, capacity. So we are developing right now CDMO business. Right now, the product that we are manufacturing and selling are our own products, so Sterimed product. But right now, we are in discussion with some U.S. client and uh, international client to manage to be, uh, let's say, a CDMO for uh, their own product. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, in your opinion, what do you think will get them over the hump? You know, in in some of these in some of these conversations. Um, as mentioned, see, we we can manufacture small batches of product. And uh, when the company want to enter a market, not, maybe not in the United States, but more in the, in Europe, we can manufacture small bar batches such as 10,000 units up to 25,000 units compared to competition. Competition right now, you need to manufacture at least 200,000 units per batches. So that's the difference between the niche a manufacturing company like us and a big pharma, uh, you need to have a very huge volume when you want to do business with Bosch and Ergen or an Abartis. 100%. So, I mean, I'm looking on, again, going to the investor presentation on upcoming catalysts. You know, you talk about how in Q3 2023, LSL, you moved into uh, the new uh, NHP plant. And then uh, the, the goal for Q1 2024 is doubling production capacity. Um, so tell exactly. us a little bit about more there. You know, how are, how are we doing on that front? Yeah. So uh, initially uh, we moved, we start the relocation of the NHL NHP plant in February, March, and we have completed uh, by the end of September. So we went from a 7,000 square feet plant to a 22, 24,000 square feet plant. Uh, we will add uh, additional equipment, uh, tablet press, coating, packaging line, mixer, in order to, let's say, in order to reach 20, $25 million revenue within three, four years with that plan. So, and the new equipment that we'll, we will uh, currently, well, we, we were adding to the, uh, the, the plan. So uh, with those equipment and the clients we have, uh, we will be able to reach, uh, uh, to, to reach uh, the $25 million revenue and the demand is there. So uh, right now, our book of order is full for 2024 almost, uh, close to $12 million. So um, the demand is there. It's just a matter of us to, to, to make sure that the equipment is running and, uh, and we will be able to produce and manufacture those products uh, for our clients. And we just add the significant new clients uh, let's say in Q3, Q4 this year with the new plant and the, the additional capacity. And eventually maybe we'll go to DIN product, drug product with that plant because we, we manufacture the plant in order to have the Air Canada license approval for drug product eventually. <clears throat> Got it. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, what would you say is your 
primary focus when it comes to growth in the business? Is it more on the CDMO side or is it bringing more in-house product to then sell to the market? Or is it a mix of both? It's a mix of both. When we look at, let's say, the Stereomed plan, the ophthalmic division, we want to develop our own product, but we want to co-develop with other partners. We have a good partner in the U.S. right now, Ferro Pharmaceutical, uh, that we manufacture product for them last uh, last summer. So we are uh, waiting for the FDA approval for uh, that product. And Ferro is, is, is like us. They are focusing on high product. They are not manufacturing, so they, 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 they need the company like us to manufacture their products. So right now, as mentioned, we have four or six new products in development, and we want to reach and to have a, a co-development partner with us. So we'll keep the Canadian market with our own product, and we will act as a CDMO for a U.S. partner or a European partner for the same product. So another aspect of the growth strategy that I saw here is that the company is looking to be acquisitive and you have, you listed out some of your criteria. Can you go through that a little bit? Yes. Um, as mentioned, we, we are focusing on organic growth as well as acquisition. So uh, um, we're looking to business acquisition as well as product acquisition. We acquired five or six dental product and the 40 ophthalmic division last year, but we are looking for acquisition that can complement our portfolio of product. So right now we are not manufacturing liquid product. We are not manufacturing ointment topical products. So we're looking to maybe add those type of product to our portfolio in order to, to offer those products to uh, our base, our client base right now. Um, also for the ophthalmic side, we are exploring the veterinary uh, business uh, right now there's not the market for the veterinary business in Canada is small so for us because we're a niche manufacturer it's very good and uh, there's a lot of opportunity and pricing on the veterinary market is uh, significantly higher compared to the uh, uh, the hospital or the uh, pharmaceutical uh, pharmacy market in Canada so that's both and the acquisition we have looked uh, let's say last year for one two acquisition and we'll continue in 2024 to uh, to uh, to at least make one or two acquisition uh, in the coming months in order to increase the business and also to diversify our portfolio of product got it and then you know another sorry i don't mean to jump around on you but uh no, I'm, no, doing, I'm, I'm doing it anyway. I apologize. But, you know, going on your multifaceted growth strategy, you know, going to the, the first point you said on there is uh, is continuing to expand capacity and ramp up production. How how much is low hanging fruit is this? You know, because some people might see this and say, OK, they have more space within their own facility that they have or they need to now go and acquire some more real estate and build that out and, and whatnot. So I'd like to hear some more color there. Yeah. Uh, as mentioned, for the uh, NHP plant, we have a lot of capacity, maybe warehousing eventually. On uh, the Sterimed side, uh, we have a lot of capacity internally. Right now, we have only one line that is currently running, but we have a space for an additional ointment line and eventually a new eyedrop line. Um, market is, especially in the ointment market, there's not a lot of competition. Right now, there's no generic company. You're talking about Novartis, Allergan, or Bosch. Right now, we are developing product to be the first generic on the market in Canada as well as in the U.S. And as mentioned, ointment, it's 
each product in the ointment business for the Canadian market is maybe five, six million dollars or lower. But if you look at the US markets, maybe 50 or 55 million dollars for one product. So that's why with our Ferra partner, uh, we want to develop new product and, and be the first generic on the market. So right now we have a CapEx project of add, adding a new ointment line because the capacity, if you want to be on the US market, you need to have capacity. Right now, our capacity is maybe a million, 1.1 million to 1.2 million units with the new line that will be in place and running maybe early 2025. We'll jump the, the, the capacity from 1 million to 5 million units a year on one shift. So that's why we need that line in order to, to be ready for the US market. And eventually, we have the space for eye drops. Eye drops are more competition in eye drops, but a lot of more uh, more product also in the market. Good. So, I mean, you know, going back to the competitive landscape, you know, you every, everyone in your in in your position where you're at in your business, you have a north star. You have a all right. This is the you know, obviously, we want to you know be a bigger version of ourselves. Of course, everybody says that. But there's also a North Star company that you're like, or companies that you're like, hey, you know, we're, this is where we would like to be. You know, who would you say is that, you know, North Star, you know, bigger cap company that you'd like LSL to eventually, you know, onto itself, of course, you know, mm -hmm. get, get to? The, maybe there's not, see, because we want to diversify. See, I, I would see maybe Bosch is a big company that, is in the ointment side or ophthalmic side, but we want to be a diversified CDMO. Um, I don't have any company in mind, but of course we want to go from 10, $12 million revenue in five years to 100 million revenue with maybe four or five different uh, manufacturing plant in the pharma. Um, of course, the ophthalmic side of the business is where um, on long-term that, the growth will come because of the specialty and the complexity of manufacturing sterile product. Very good. All right. So, I mean, first of all, it's, you know, look, it's a pretty simple story, right? With LSL, it's mm -hmm. CDMO kind of specialized in OTC healthcare product. If you need a place to manufacture it, you know, in a nimble way <laughs> because you're smaller yeah. you know that's exactly. where that's where lsl make, makes a lot of sense right now you know so you yeah. know despite the relatively simple thesis for lsl and some of the growth strategy and where you want to go you know what what do investors maybe still get confused about when thinking about lsl and maybe we can address some of those frequently asked questions here um as, as you mentioned see we are a cdmo so we have revenue we have clients we're making uh, eventually the, the Q4 will be a good quarter and 2024, a very good year. See, we have everything in place at both plans to grow the business. And with acquisition, I think uh, in the coming years will be more um, presence across Canada and in the States. So uh, it's a matter of time for us. Developing product take maybe two, three years. But when, let's say, when you look at product that we want to develop right now for the Canadian markets, it's, as mentioned, it's we, one product that we're cur currently developing 
the Canadian market is five or six million, but the US market is 60 million and there's no generic there. So with Ferra, Ferra will, man will take care of the distribution, will have a profit sharing, something like that. Um, the growth is interesting and the future is very good for us. And I'm not taking any uh, potential acquisition in the in the loop right now. Very good. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, look, you're at a stage where what, what would you say is that main catalyst that like if you were to maybe entertain being acquired, right? Because you're small enough where like, if you know, you could be one of those where it's like, all right, they're starting to gain a little bit. Let's just take this thing out right now before the, uh, you know, before before they continue yeah. to grow and get bigger. I mean, what what do you think that would even be? What would that? Look? I'm not saying you would accept it by any means, you know. Especially, you know, no, that's you got to get it. You got to get it approved by the board, share the whole bit. But like, what, exactly. what 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 would that main catalyst look like? Where somebody bigger would come in and say, "All right, I'm just going to snatch you up and let's call it a day." Right now, maybe we're too small, but eventually, with the expertise that we will develop in the maybe more in the ophthalmic side. Uh, eventually, bigger company will look at, like you said, will look at us and say, "Okay, those guys are coming in the market that we are right now alone. Uh, maybe uh, it will be interesting to to make an offer for the business." And uh, um, that's maybe the, the trend. See, right now we're too small; they they don't see us in the market. But within two three years, uh, we'll be there, uh, especially because we will be first generic on some very very niche ophthalmic product and eventually eye wraps so uh, uh of course i think that the steremed will make more noise in the market eventually because of that specialty and the uh, complexity of manufacturing uh, those products and there's not there's no uh, competition right now and just maybe to add to this right now we have a temporary uh, fda approval to export one of our product for the hospital market in the u.s because there is a shortage and the US FDA cannot find any other manufacturer other than us that can supply the US market for that product. So, um, but we're, so we why? cannot supply the full how? market. Uh-huh. Uh, why? But how, we supply, how? let's say 25%. I was, I was going to say like, it's a small, it's a small, it's a small, uh, see, in Canada, we are only two manufacturers so right now for that product. Okay. Uh, in the U.S., there I think there were two or three. Uh, the FDA closed one business, and right now there's a shortage. And with Ferra again, because it's our partner, we we try we work since I think April on that. And when the shortage arrived in September, we were ready to ship a couple of thousand units. And we are, right now we have a uh, temporary approval up to June 30 to export. Oh, and if the okay. capacity were at more than that, uh, right now, would say, as mentioned, we can manufacture a million tube a year. A year. Uh, the U.S. market for the only that product is four million. So we cannot supply full market, the full of our market, but uh, it's an opportunity for us and there will be more in the future. Very cool. All right. So another question that I have, and look, I like to try and give all sides of the story here. So, you know, another question that I ask everybody, in your opinion, what would you say are some of the company's downside risks, other than execution, of course? Yeah, yeah. Other than the execution, say, um, when we look at COVID, say, in 2022, we got the uh, 
but uh, we got the supply chain issues with the uh, manufacturing of uh, sterile ointment. There is only two or three companies around the world that manufacture sterile uh, filters, and they were not manufacturing it for, let's say, 10 months. So 2022, we were very, very uh, low on production because of a shortage of that unique product that we need for manufacturing. So procurement, uh, during COVID, we got some issues, but especially for the uh, sterile business, uh, 2022 was a very difficult year. That's one, say for us, it's a major uh, thing. We need raw material, we need the empty tube, we need bottles. So uh, say the chain, supply chain were affected by COVID and we're still uh, not fully, fully recovered. But right now, everything is going well. The other thing is we need El Canada approval as well as FDA approval. Say every year, every two years, those guys coming at the plant, they look at our business, they look at our process, they can say, oops, there's a problem there, you, your license is suspended. But for the last five years, on, up to when we bought the company, every time FD, DSL Canada was uh, very, very happy with our uh, result and operation. So the approval by El Canada FDA, it's another thing that we need to, 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 to make sure that is okay. And um, potential, say, right now, as I mentioned, say, we are focusing on niche product, but competitors can come in Canada for maybe, uh, maybe if, even if it's a small, small market for the ointment, but competition can, uh, can be uh, another, another thing for our uh, business. Very good. And I appreciate you answering that question. That was, that was very well-rounded. And, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate every time a CEO really can address all that so that, you know, you don't have to just go digging through everything and have that. <laughs> well, we want to make sure what you're saying is of course that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> thing that, that's, but, uh, uh, that's the, the major thing that we follow. So, because let's say uh, we can product recalls, El Canada yeah. suspend license. Uh, so when we bought the stigma in 2020, um, Canada was uh, suspending the manufacturing of that plant. So we, with, within within two, 18 months, we change all the process. We get back uh, the El Canada license and we restart the production. So we, you need to be uh, on top for uh, with those uh, those uh, uh, company, uh, Canada company, but uh, El Canada and FDA. So you need to be very very well uh, and to to follow the trend because. 20 years back, the, the obligation or the requirement were are significantly different from what they are this right now. So you need to follow the trend uh, of the requirement by the FDA and El Canada. 100%. So another question that I have for you, you know, going through the deck, it looks like, you know, the year to date for 2023, um, it's, it's improved, but the company is still, you know, not profitable. So just curious yeah. as to the company's, your path to profitability and keeping a focus on that while also still being focused on growth. So I'd love to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, um, it's a matter of volume. See, we need to increase the volume. So 2024 budget is significantly higher than that. They both plan right now, uh, especially the NHL, NHP plan, they are fully ready to increase and double the production. So next year, Everything will be in place to double the production. And as well for the ophthalmic plan, we have a small capex that will also double the production. So next year, it's a matter of increasing the production 
because the business is there. Everything that we manufacture on the ointment side is 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 still as soon as it's ready to to be shipped. So it's a matter of increasing the capacity, and and you'll see that Q4, Q1, say uh, uh, the trend is going is going uh, on that on that side. All right, so Francois, you've answered pretty much all my questions. I, I I've just had one more for you. You know, in your okay. opinion, and you've kind of addressed it a little bit, but you know, it's a good it's a good wrap up question. You know, but uh, okay, you know, so so in your opinion, wh- where would you like to see the company in three to five years, and what would you say are the inflection points that'll get you there? Um, my goal is twenty five years, hundred million sales. So that's the goal. That's the strategic goals of the company, and every VP is aware of that. Uh, it's a combination of acquisition and product development. Without acquisition, I think uh, we won't be able to achieve that. But we're confident that there is opportunity right now in the market for acquisition as well as product development. So uh, I'm pretty sure that we will be able to achieve that. It's a matter of say bringing an acquisition of 10, 12 million, after that 25 million and, and going on and going on. And as mentioned, the market is there. The opportunity, especially in the ophthalmic side, is very, very uh, unique in the U.S. market. Uh, it's a combination of uh, manu- uh, developing new product and uh, strategic accretive acquisition. Very good. All right. Well, Francois, we're, we're there, man. Um, where can our audience go and find more information to follow along the LSL Pharma story? Yeah, we have a website for that, groupelslpharma.com. So every uh, financial uh, information are there, press release, um, deck uh, as well. So uh, uh, our year end is December, so result will be communicated around mid uh, mid to end of April. Um, and new, more news, uh, if you want to follow the company, every time we uh, issue a press release, it will be available on our website. Very good. Well, Francois, thank you so much for joining me today. Really do appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And I look forward to our next update. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not provided as financial, legal, or any other advice. The information is not investment advice or an offer to buy or sell any securities or make any investment. The views expressed by guest speakers are their own and any reference to third-party products, services, or information does not constitute an endorsement thereof by SNN or its affiliates. SNN expressly disclaims all liability for any individual's use of the information presented in this podcast.